The other day I saw something that pissed me off. It was a post saying, do not talk to your woman about your feelings. Do not tell your woman about your problems. That was a more accurate thing about it. Now, I'm not going to get caught up on semantics, but the reason why I'm pissed off is because of the bigger problem that this causes. I looked in the comments and a bunch of people were like, either, yeah, don't tell your woman your problems. She won't respect you or B, so we're not supposed to say anything at all and just keep it in all to ourselves. And the thing that pisses me off about it is just the, the, the stupidity behind it and how pretty much it forces guys to hide away any type of emotions, anytime they're feeling vulnerable, to just, to just push that shit to the side. Because if you do, you're weak and your woman will leave you for it. Now, I, again, I get what they're trying to say. The delivery of it is horrible, but they're, as far as guys hiding away their feelings and, and, and being vulnerable, no. That needs to happen. You have to be able to deal with your emotions to be able to talk about it. Now, I think the biggest problem is that a lot of people, a lot of guys, one, don't understand what it truly means to be vulnerable. They think it's some BS thing like crying and being a babbling, you know, emotional weakling when that's not it at all. But the second problem also is that guys don't know how to properly communicate their feelings and how how to properly communicate their problems in a way that's honest and authentic while still retaining their masculinity. And so that's why for this episode, I wanted to share with you an interview that I did with a good friend of mine. His name is William Pellerin. He's a psychotherapist and he and I used to work together when we used to work for Neil Strauss. Uh, William was the brains behind a lot of Neil's uh, events, a lot of his inner work events. And so he did that. He worked with people like a bunch of millionaires, a bunch of entrepreneurs, a bunch of tech people, you know, really high level people coming up with exercises in different ways for them to heal, to talk about their feelings and deal with the inner insecurities that stopped them from enjoying life and going out there and being who they're supposed to be. And in this interview, you're going to hear us talk about a lot of things. This interview, it went for a while. It went, I think it's an hour and a half. And so I decided just to break it up into a few parts. But I'm really excited for you to listen to it because I hope that's going to give you a different perspective on what vulnerability is, along with giving you tools on how to deal with vulnerability when it comes up, how to navigate those waters, especially in relationship, how to deal with your own emotions when they come up, how to make sense of them. And I think more importantly, how to, how to feel comfortable with it, how to feel at peace and not feel weak and not feel ashamed about it. And so... This is part one. I hope you enjoy. And here we go. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. And I want to say welcome to this very, very special session that I put together specifically for you guys. And the title of it, it is How to Be Vulnerable Without Risking Your Masculinity. Because that's something that a lot of guys, we talk about in private. Because with all things we have going on, we suffer in silence sometimes. And we have a desire to say how we really feel. But the problem is that we're always coming up against this thing of, of masculinity, of our manhood. And it's like we're programmed not to go against it. But the bad part about it is that we end up suffering in silence. So that's why this session, I brought back my very special friend here, William Pellerin. 
uh, who I've known for years, like I mentioned before, is super insightful, has guided me personally through a lot of my vulnerability challenges and saw it though as a gift that he and I would have a conversation and you guys would pick up some things here and maybe learn how to be vulnerable, how to define your manhood and how to uh, examine that whole thing in the context of a relationship with a woman. And so, William, welcome back, buddy. Thanks, Paulo. It's great to be back. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, just a heads up, everybody. The way me and William talk, we're going to be, we're going to keep it streamlined, but it's going to be very free-flowing. We're going to be talking primarily about masculinity. What is it? How, you know, what's the truth about it? Vulnerability, and maybe sprinkling some other things along the way, but you guys are definitely going to enjoy it as well. Uh, William, you know, uh, this is very reminiscent of, you know, when we were coming up and we were learning, uh, th this is how we used to spend our Sundays once a month, just talking about these things and talking about, uh, you know, the real stuff, what it's like to be a guy, really what it's like to be a guy. I mean, William himself is in a relationship himself, a uh, beautiful one. So he definitely practices what he preaches as well. But it's not easy though, right? It's not easy, even though knowing this stuff is still, uh, a, you know, it's, it's like it's the work that we still have to implement every day. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. So I say, you know what, let's dive right into it. Let's dive into the subject. William, in your mind, how do you define vulnerability and how you define masculinity? So, Paolo, I think before we explore vulnerability, it's important to define, uh, like you said, masculinity. Uh -huh. um, and so this is something I, I've had on my mind for a really long time. So I've been studying in sexology for about 10 years now, maybe, maybe 15 now. And I've done a lot of research around this. And what I realized is that the, like, we all have a very vague idea of what masculinity is. It's something that we are raised to believe in, but it's not something that's been very clearly defined. And what we find is that when we dive deeper into this and we try to define it, the answer that we find is going to be very different from one person to the next, mm -hmm. but also it's very different. Um, like the concept of masculinity is something that has changed throughout history and it's completely different in different parts of the world. And so if you're listening to this, I encourage you all to maybe take a minute and just write down a couple of words. How do you define masculinity? And we can dive back into this. Pablo, feel free to do so as well. How would you define masculinity? Well, just like you said, my definition has also evolved over the years. I mean, I used to think that it was always being confident, always being the tough guy. It was also being always being assertive and dominant. And then I would look at people that didn't fit that demographic and I would immediately think like, oh, he's not a masculine guy. But as I got older and the more I started to look into it, I started to redefine it. And so for me, um, you know, masculinity for me, it, where I'm at in my life, it has nothing to do with gender, being a man, or being a woman, masculinity is more of an energy, a way of being that I've come to understand it. I come to understand that, you know, within 
every guy, we have our feminine and we have also a masculine energy. And I believe that there's a time and a place in which we tap into each one. And so as far as the masculine energy, the way I define it, it is, it is a, as courage, as courage, uh, I, I, as courage to, to go after what you want in the, in the, in the face of possible failure. It is courage to be wrong, to look like a fool. It is courage to speak up for what you want. Uh, so I guess all in all, the way I define masculinity is internal courage. Encourage, mm. Yeah, internal courage to be wrong, to put yourself out there, to fail. I think it, 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 that really what it is, you know, not, not, not only in physical danger where you're doing crazy things or maybe you're standing up for a loved one, but courage to put yourself in a position where you'll look like a jackass, you know, mm -hmm. where you'll possibly get hurt. And that's the way I define masculinity for me. I love the way you describe that. Um, it's actually very in line with how I see it. And I love the way you described it at the beginning where before you jumped into this, you were really, you know, it was really about always being confident, always be this, always be that. And by working with, you know, around this issue with many people, what I found is that that's how it is for a lot of people. There's this unrealistic ideal that they're constantly trying to pursue and this ideal is just so rigid that as soon as you're slightly off track, uh -huh. then suddenly you're no longer masculine in their mind. Uh -huh. But the way you describe it, there's a lot of flexibility to it. You have a part of you that's masculine, you have a part of you that's feminine, uh -huh. and it's just a matter of balancing between the two when it's appropriate. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, I, I completely so, agree with that. Go ahead. So for... I love the focus on courage. For me, I would, the way I see it is that it's very much about being clear on what your personal values are mm. and being in full alignment with those values. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. If I can add to that, uh, you brought up a very good point that I agree with. If I could add to that, I would say also, the best way I could describe it is also commitment. Hmm. Um, it's also commitment because for some people, their values will change when it's convenient. You know, right. you stand up for something, but then maybe you get an offer for money. And even, even let's say, uh, you get, you get opportunity with a gorgeous, amazing woman, but then you're, you'll compromise your values. <laughs> and like, you know, some, yeah, they, some guys will give up what they believe in, mm -hmm. you know, in the face of something tempting like that. And right. so, uh, in addition to that, which I think is lovely, it is a whole is is not being wishy washy. It's standing firm mm -hmm. and committed to your values. Can you tell me more about the value? Are there any values in particular you're talking about, or something else? Well, actually, actually before we dive into this, I'm um, I'm actually glad that you brought this up because one of the things that that I've been reading um, in the last year is um, I've been re reading up on Taoism philosophy. Mm -hmm. And one of the teachers that I've been following, um, when he talks about masculinity, the one thing that he says is that your number one resource 
as a masculine individual is your attention. Mm. It's not your time. It's not your money. It's not your ability to, um, to provide for others. It's simply your ability to be fully present mm. and grounded mm. and directing your attention towards whatever you're doing in that moment. Mm. I love that. I love that. I love that because in hearing you saying that what I, what I get from, from women when I'm talking to them is they'll date different guys, tall, small, skinny, large. But one constant that I hear that I hear women looking for is the feeling of uh, stability and presence. That's That's what they look for. And the guy may not be physically intimidating, but like you mentioned, his attention is here. It's on her. I'm here with you. And that makes a woman feel safe, seen, and present. Exactly. That's one of the most sexiest things that a man to, to a man can do. I love that definition. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And so would you say that being present is something that men should focus on? I think it's a skill that needs to be, um, that we don't value enough in today's society that makes a huge, huge difference in anybody's life i think for sure if you start focusing on developing your presence your attention Mm. it is going to make a world of difference Mm. and so i love very i love theory i love uh yeah i love theories but also i'm also a how-to guys and for anyone watching this well first question is actually a two-part question first thing is present being present something that either you do or you don't do or is present something that you can develop so presence is, it's a skill. Almost everything that we talk about is always a skill. So it's something that you develop through practice. Mm. One of such practice can be um, mindfulness meditation. Mm. It doesn't have to be. That's usually the one that we talk about when we uh, talk about mindfulness and awareness and presence. But you can learn to develop awareness and presence in any moment of, of your day. Like right now, you can bring your attention to, okay, what do I feel at the bottom of my feet? What are the sensations there? I feel a little bit of pressure. You can bring your attention to your breathing. When you're eating, you can take a moment to just really taste all the textures, all the flavors. If someone's, list, if someone's speaking to you, you can practice just really listening to all the words they're saying, mm-hmm. how they're saying it. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, there's this, it's almost like time starts slowing down. You're just grounded. You're just listening. You're not distracted by that thing and, and that thing and that task that's running in your head. You're not thinking about how you're showing up. Mm. or how she's going to think of you, you're just fully present, fully grounded, just connecting. Mm, Awesome, awesome. It reminds me of this exercise that I read from The Way of the Superior Man. No, no, Mm. uh, I got from Tony Robbins, in which you stare at someone, Mm. and you make eye contact, you be present, and then when you notice, or when one person notices that the other person is not present, they give them a little tap on the shoulder. Right tap on the shoulder or you're like just without saying it just when you notice the other person isn't present tap on your shoulder and for some people it's difficult 
they, you know, they start giggling and they find ways to disconnect. <laughs> and I think that's a great exercise because it's a mirror or an opportunity to start questioning things. Like if you're with your partner, or you're with someone and then you can't find, you can't find the ability to be present. You find yourself disconnecting, disconnecting. There's a chance there may be a little bit of ADD involved. I'm not a doctor, but I would also argue that there may be something there in which you're disconnecting on purpose. Is there mm-hmm. a chance that maybe you don't want to be seen? Is it maybe that uh, you are afraid of connecting with someone like that? And I think that's a great exercise to try and actually develop more of your presence. It also uses it as a mirror to understand more of yourself. What do you think about the exercise? I think that's a great exercise. And I think you bring some really interesting points. Uh, I really want to dive deeper. I know we have uh, five minutes before our scheduled break, so I don't want to keep you. But uh, let's uh, yeah, let's and dive deeper into this afterwards. Yes, yes. I yes. think this is a great transition to uh, vulnerability. Fantastic, yes. Because we got, because I, heads up everyone, this is, <laughs> this talk is going to, like, I don't know where it's going to go. But because, you know, and a lot of great things may come out of it. And so this bad boy is about to be broken up into different little sessions for you guys to take your notes, take your breathers. And so for right now, that was session one. All right. So we're going to break that in half and we are going to come back and just a couple quick seconds, give you time to pause this video and to recoup yourself. And we're going to start back up in a little bit. Welcome back to the second session. Hope you had your little water break. And so we're going to pick up right where we left off. And we were talking about the barriers to vulnerability, the, ver- the barriers to presence, to showing yourself, William. And, right. uh, you know, I think that's, you know, with that said, I think we can jump into, I think uh, the appropriate place to start is to ask, you know, talk about like, what's vulnerability? What's your definition of vulnerability? How do you see it? So vulnerability is different than masculinity in the sense that the definition is very clear. Vulnerability, or as we say it, being vulnerable, it essentially means putting yourself in a position where you might be at risk of getting hurt. Mm. That's the textbook definition of vulnerability. Mm. Yes. Uh, I love Brene Brown's definition Mm. of vulnerability. She says it's essentially, it's something similar. Uh, I love the way she phrases it, though. She says that it is emotional risk or exposure. Uh, emotional risk or exposure. And I love that because, uh, you know, and I, I love that because it definitely perfectly works into the whole idea of masculinity. Because, you know, with being vulnerable and with it being emotional exposure or risk what tends to end up happening is that we find ourselves in moments where we have the real raw emotions and that those emotions may be fear sadness anger frustration uh confusion and what tends to happen at least for us men the moment we start to feel those things in front of somebody else particularly a woman the armor comes up the armor comes up to hide that is, to hide that feeling. We don't expose it and right. we don't take that risk of having that emotion being seen. 
And there are a bunch of ways in the ways that we do that. I'm sure you and I could relate to a couple, but there are ways, you know, it, it looks like guys getting angry, being right. super, super angry. Another way that looks like is numbing. It's going completely numb, not only with like drugs or alcohol, but stuff like work, work right. working out. Which is a form of avoidance. A form of avoidance, exactly. Um, uh, there, And so it's something that, you know, a lot of guys deal with. So one of the ways, uh, so let's, ju- let's jump into that. I mean, it's such a very topic, such a, a wide topic. <laughs> let's jump into that. So let's, so let's start with this. Like, what are some of the ways that guys, that guys stop themselves or numb themselves or, or avoid being vulnerable, if you will? So with vulnerability, with vulnerability comes an emotional component to it. Like you said, one of the ways people tend to um, avoid vulnerability is by showing anger. And that's because anger is often considered the one emotion that men are allowed to express because it's a way to regain control, to show dominance. Um, Another way, like you said, might be to just avoid. And you can avoid in um, a bunch of different ways. You can avoid by just walking out. You can avoid by numbing out, not listening. You can avoid by taking drugs, taking alcohol. There's a thousand different ways. And whoever's listening right now probably has a thousand different variations of their own. Mm-hmm. What do you think people are afraid of? <laughs> Let's well, be real. That's what it is. That, that's the reason why we do it is because, and let's be honest, if you're listening to this, it's and, and you do one of the things that William mentioned, whether it's work, whether it is getting angry, um, you know, there it, it's a response, I believe, to, to something. So what are we afraid of? We're afraid of being hurt. Ah. Simple as that. Mm. So hurt. the idea is that And we mentioned the first part that this um, idea of masculinity is is some kind of big ideal that we're constantly trying to reach. Um, And so vulnerability from that perspective becomes perceived as a form of weakness. Mm. Because if you're being vulnerable, then you're being weak and you shouldn't be weak. You should always be strong. So you should always have that armor so that nobody can ever hurt you. And I love how you brought the idea of courage into your definition of masculinity, because in reality, vulnerability or being vulnerable is not really an act of weakness. It's an act of courage. Mm. You are courageously putting yourself out there, risking to get hurt. Mm and you're willing to face the consequences of that. I think you bring up a good point because a lot of that is based in fear from when we were younger and losing out that source of love and that source of connection. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a big distinction to make here. And it's that all the actions that we take whenever we're facing a moment of vulnerability, what ends up happening is that all the actions that we take we end up we end up trading what we really want in that moment, which is to feel assured. 
which is to feel safe, which is to feel loved. We trade what we really want for security. Right. That's what ends up happening. I mean, so we'll be tough because you know what? You're certain that being tough, you won't get hurt and you'll be a man. You disconnect because you're certain that whatever you go away to, that will make everything else disappear. And so in moments of vulnerability, I'm glad we got to this point. In that moment when we are feeling vulnerable, what ends up happening is that we, it, it, it's, it's, it's a choice. You're trading security for that love and affection. And I know internally, it may seem like, um, you know, internally, it may, it, it may seem like super scary because you, you think that love doesn't come with, uh, with fear. But Maybe let's use connection instead of love because okay. you don't know that you're going to be able to get that love back. Yeah. But by being vulnerable, you're going to connect with the other person. Yes, to connect with the other person. That's very good there. That's very good there. And um, I was going to ask us also as well. I mean, I think one thing, to, one thing to talk about is the difference between real and fake vulnerability. Because I feel like sometimes guys may think, I know me personally, I would think like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm being vulnerable right now. But the truth <laughs> is, we're not. So no. could, you, could you explain a, the difference between real and fake vulnerability? What are some of your thoughts on that? So why don't you um, explain to me what you mean by real vulnerability and fake vulnerability? Sure. So one prime example it is uh, like in my personal relationship and... It is, you know, one of the things my girlfriend's always requested of me that she wished I would open up more and be vulnerable with her. And I would open up, but I would be doing it from a guarded place. Mm. Meaning that if I were to share something that's going on with me, it would be very surface level. So I'll tell her about something that's probably a touchy subject, but internally I'm closed off to the feelings of it. And I'm just speaking the words and not connecting to the feelings behind it. And I'm giving her very surface level answers. Um, you know, for example, if she, you know, if, if the truth of the matter is I am feeling, you know, let's say for example, I'm feeling envy, right? Well, will will we are like, I'll use a prime example. And so recently, uh, recently, like not, not too long ago, uh, I had connected with somebody from my hometown who's grown a very big social media presence i know who he was but then you know i connected with him i got introduced to him by my brother and i thought oh we were from the same town we're both on the same mission of helping people that we would connect so then over the oncoming weeks he wasn't as you know receptive and then i found myself feeling um angry and also honestly envious envious mm. And uh, because, you know, he had amassed so much success and everything. And also I was, you know, also angry that he wasn't uh, uh, communicating with me. And so one thing, when I talked to my girlfriend about that, one thing I could have said, I could have gone to the version of, no, nah, I mean, you know, you know, it sucks, it's disappointing, but hey, it is what it is, it happens. That's, and that's me talking about a particular subject, but I kept the very surface level. As mm -hmm. opposed to what I actually did, which was, no, I honestly, I had expectations. I had expectations and high hopes of connecting with someone who is doing well, uh, who, yeah, who's doing well for himself, 
uh, though I would have a good new friend and everything. And the fact that, you know, the, the, the correspondence has slowed down, um, you know, I, I feel angry. And then I find myself being envious and, and thinking all these bad things just to justify how it is I feel. And so that's what, that's what I mean between fake vulnerability and real vulnerability. And I guess I'll speak more on the subject uh, because the first way in which I was saying, oh yeah, you know, it didn't happen. It is what it is. What that ended up being was just another form of avoidance. Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't connecting with what I was actually feeling. And sometimes what happens is that, you know, for like, for me, I may want to say out loud that I was feeling envious or jealous of somebody because that's not such a pretty thing to say out loud, but to be able to admit and say, I feel jealous. I feel envious. Right. You're congruent with what you're experiencing and you're able to share that. Exactly. And there was very much a possibility that in front of my girlfriend, like my thought process was that in front of my girlfriend, you know, I always want to present myself to be always, I have my, I have everything together. I feel nothing but positive emotions. I'm strong all the time, but jealousy is an ugly, it's an ugly emotion. Like that's something you don't want to show to other people because of the way it may make you look. And right. so in that moment, there was a part of me that was telling me, don't jeopardize your image to your girlfriend. Mm. Don't jeopardize how you come off. Cause especially with me being a coach and everything, of course you want to practice what you preach. And being a space of woo woo, we're friends with everybody. But um, that was my that was my internal dialogue. Don't jeopardize right. your image with her. Don't yeah, just tell her just tell her what she needs to know in order to move on. But it wasn't right. congruent. So there's a there's a there's a fear of rejection, yeah. and you're acting out of that instead of being really present with your experience and sharing that experience with others. And when you're acting out of avoidance like that, you spend so much energy. Like it is so tiring mm-hmm. trying to maintain that image. It that, really is. Yeah. It really is. And it bubbles up. It bubbles up because then what happens is that then you have no one to talk to. And then the resentment starts to build up. Then it comes down in terms of anger. Then, excuse me, excuse me. And then, and then the, the connection that you seek ends up going away. And the rejection, I, I'm very glad you brought that up because I also want to give guys a little bit of, a, of, a, of a, an, a, a history lesson, if you will, a personal history lesson for themselves. You know, that jealousy was an authentic, an authentic emotion. Mm-hmm. Just like fear, anger, happiness, sadness, joy, that was an authentic emotion. And what happened is that when we were little, we had these moments where we express our pure emotion, but then something happened. Our parents didn't, uh, or our caregivers did not respond in a nurturing way. And we interpreted that as a rejection of who we are. And so then what ends up happening is that we were, we came up with strategies or we came up with little stories, note to self, don't do that next time. Note to self, do not show this emotion. Because for me, this is how it's acceptable to act as a man. Yes, especially as a boy, <laughs> as a man. This is how it's acceptable to act. And then the script begins. That's how yeah. it happens. And then we don't show our pure emotion. For me, growing up, it was you're only supposed to be happy all the time. 
supposed to be happy all the time. I was not allowed, and I was never allowed to express my anger. William, you know me, and I try to keep my, uh, you know, my emotions under control. I don't really spaz out a lot, but inside I feel things. That's because the script, which was, I was not allowed to feel anger and to express that. Right. I wasn't allowed to. And so that was an authentic emotion of mine. And so certain emotions got labeled as, as a boy, this is okay. No, you're not allowed to feel that. Don't do that. And then lo and behold, we grow up. And then when it comes time to be vulnerable and we, while we desperately want to, that wall, that script says, nope, don't do that. Just like for me, don't show that to your girlfriend. Keep the image, keep the image that we have. And we fight so hard to keep this image yeah. that we put up. But like you said, it's so fucking exhausting, man. It is so exhausting. And so, uh, you know, I want to get into... I want to get in, dive deeper into, um, actually, no, we'll go right into that because this thing's flowing beautifully, <laughs> it's flowing naturally. But I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask, so when it comes to, right, when, when it comes to, I, I want to talk about really quickly authentic, I think it's part of vulnerability, uh, authentic expression of emotions and how it is a tool to actually connect. Mm. instead of pushing us away because one script that we have and i think a lot of us have uh, and i think everyone who's watching this experience is in one form one shape or another if i express this emotion i will lose this person this person will not like me this person will reject me but the truth of the matter and i have stories to, to, to prove this as well but the truth of the matter is that the ex the 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 expression the authentic feeling and sharing of certain emotions is actually a connection tool. Right. That, that connection that we are seeking with the woman of our dreams, with people in our lives, that is not, is not had by putting up an image, but rather by showing those ugly emotions. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that? Give your thoughts on it? I mean, I think you explained it very well already. So part of connection means uh, you're letting down the walls and you're letting the other person see you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're never actually seeing the person that you are. Mm. They're building a fake relationship with this image you're trying to portray. Mm. Yes. And what happens when those walls come down, then, of course, they don't know who you are because you've never showed it to them of course you might be rejected because they have no idea who you are yeah you've spent so much time building up this fake persona mm -hmm. that in the end you've never truly and genuinely connected mm -hmm. with the other person yeah and i wanted and and i want to touch on something that you mentioned about the possibility of getting rejected and this, the purpose of this whole master class is how to naturally attract a woman of your dreams without risking rejection or failure now it is a a a little bit of a conundrum if you will because anytime we are vulnerable we are in a you know we are in a position to be quote unquote rejected and and that's right. that's part of that's part of relationships that you put yourself out there that's part of it but and, and I can understand the fear behind that. And, but I want to get your thoughts on this. This is my mindset that at least gives me courage to do it. Is that, is that we can only get rejected 
when you want something from the person. You can only get rejected when you want something from the person because then pretty much it's on you to decide whether or not I get it. The way I think about it is instead of, because we know, you know when, when we're children, of course, we want connection. We want to feel loved and we're young. Of course we do. So it's natural. But then we take that on into adulthood. And, and in, that, in that growing up process, we never realize that as we get older, we become more capable adults. We become more capable adults who are capable of, 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 of being more resilient and taking care of our own needs. And so this is the mindset that I have that as an adult, rather than, you know, one mindset in order to be vulnerable, instead of, you know, you have these emotions, instead of seeking for validation, because I believe that's manipulative too as well. That's fake vulnerability where I'm going to cry. I'm going to be angry, but I'm doing it to get a reaction out of you. <laughs> I'm doing it so you can pay attention to me. Right. I'm, that, that's, I think that's manipulation. And, of course. You know, you know, because it's very possible to, to, to be vulnerable and not cry. Yeah. And so, just so you know, you don't have to cry to be vulnerable. But back to my point is that, so instead of showing emotion to get a reaction, is, is showing an emotion with the purposes of sharing. When you share, there's no expectation of wanting anything back. Mm-hmm. There's no expectation of wanting anything back, so you can't get rejected. And uh, that, that's so that's number one. When you're doing it, the reason why I am showing these emotions to you is not because I want your validation, not because I want your approval, but because I want to share this side of myself with you. Mm-hmm. And that act in itself, it is like when I tell you is an attractive thing you can do. You know how we talked about, you know, banter, you know, telling cool stories. This also sharing that side of you, it's also something that draws people to you, just the act of sharing. And when you're sharing, what you're doing is, I believe, what you're actually doing is that you are, in a sense, presenting something or displaying something that's hidden within themselves. Because I believe that I'm willing to bet this that I think it was a fact. Every human on earth has some shit that they're carrying around with them. Something that they're afraid to show something that they're afraid to share. Mm -hmm. And so when you share that, it makes you, it, what ends up happening, it makes a person reflect on that thing within themselves. And what ended up doing because they reflected and they, and they saw somebody like yourself, they saw somebody share that, ends up getting processed, a new story, it is okay to share that. So in a way, once you do that, you free the person from their previous bullshit, which taught them it's not okay to share that. Mm. And that freedom, it's honestly the best gift you can give somebody. I believe. I believe. Um, I love these things that go on a rant. But, but yeah. But I like what you brought up. Um, you know, like I said, well, like I said in the, um, in my sex talk that we, uh, yeah. shot a little while ago, mm. I, um, I'm a big fan of actually teaching principles rather than techniques. Mm-hmm. And the principle in what you're saying is that it's not so much what you do, it's why you're doing it and how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So 
being vulnerable, if you're being vulnerable because you want, you're, you're seeking attention, you're seeking validation, you want them to take care of you, you know, that to, to come back to the idea of masculinity might take you away from that. Mm-hmm. But if you're sharing it and you're grounded in your experience and you're just sharing it because it's what you're experiencing right now and you're owning it, then there's no issue there. It's not going to interfere with the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's as soon as there are some expectations or you're trying to, to get something out of it mm-hmm. that people respond negatively to it. Mm-hmm. And so when you learn to be vulnerable um, in that way, like you said, you're essentially modeling a healthy relationship. You're showing the way mm-hmm. to real, genuine connection. Hey, it's Pablo here. I just want to let you know, so this is just part one of this amazing interview, of this amazing series of how to be a man and how to be vulnerable. And there's a lot more where that came from. I didn't want to overwhelm you the first time around. I wanted to give it to you in pieces so you can digest and really internalize it. So I want you to stay tuned for next week where I drop part two of this interview. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, I'm Pablo Rosario. This is the Red Velvet Podcast. Stay velvet out there. Later.